Good morning, good afternoon. It depends on what part of the world you're in, but welcome to Recipe for Success. My name is Nancy Giacalone. And for those of you that have been um, watching this for a while, you know that the, the premise of this podcast is that I have combined my love of cooking and my love of business because the one thing I discovered that both have in common is there's always one ingredient or technique that are absolutely crucial to the outcome and the success of whatever you're trying to do. So the reason I mentioned morning versus afternoon is our guest today is in Australia at the current time. And let's see, D, is it six o'clock in the morning, Thursday, your time? Yes, it is. I'm in the future. So if anything you need to know what happens, just ping me. I love that. I love that. So um, Dee and I have been connected through LinkedIn for, it feels like a couple of years now, I'm not sure. Um, but she has her little hands in lots of different pots. And so we're going to kind of bounce around between topics. But we're going to start with um, allowing her to introduce herself and tell us a little bit about her company, um, Unstoppable Teams. Yeah. <laughs> Good morning. Good afternoon, everybody. Coming to you from um, Sydney, Australia. Um, thank you very much, Nancy, for having me on board. Um, and luckily, I am a morning person. Um, so, yeah, a little bit about me. I'm a mother of two boys, an eight-year-old and a five-year-old, and I'm very passionate about bringing up to really good humans in the world. Um, and then my other love obviously is uh, business and helping businesses to grow um, and doing it ethically and responsibly, connecting to good people who are business owners because I do believe that um, we as good, as good business owners can have a positive impact on our little world. Um, and if we all band together, then we all grow a, a better place for everybody to live in. So in a nutshell. <laughs> I absolutely love um, the fact that it's even in your title that you help businesses grow ethically and responsibly. Yep. Because that's going to just help, help me dive right into our topic of virtual assistance, which I know is what your company essentially does. Yes. Um, VAs, that's the, the, the common slang right now. And I think there's a little bit of misconceptions, controversy, et cetera, around um, what a VA is, who they are, what they can do. I know I've looked into it. I was looking into it actually with you um, last year. I think that might have been pre-COVID or during COVID. But anyway, <laughs> when before, right before our world blew up. Um, and then I started hearing people bragging about um, their cheap VAs, mm. you know, that they, oh my gosh, you wouldn't believe what I can get done for $5 an hour. And it just kind of turned my stomach. It turned me off. Um, so I really want to hear from you, somebody who lives this, this in this world, yep. what are the advantages of VAs? What are the disadvantages? What can they do? Just tell us a little bit more about what it really is. Yeah. So a, a VA is somebody who works remotely from you and is able to do all manner of tasks that don't need customer facing, basically. Um, my business uses staff that are based in the Philippines. Um, and I ensure as that sort of cultural bridge, I ensure that um, they're being paid correctly treated correctly, working in good office environments, et cetera. And I'm also making sure from the business owner's perspective that your business is has um, all the security around it from a data perspective, um, 
data security perspective um, and that you're getting what you need this person to do in a responsible way so that um, your business grows. So the advantages of getting a VA is obviously cost savings. So depending on what level of staff you need, you can save up to 70 to 50% on a staff member. Now, I'm all for employing locally so don't don't get me wrong I, I i love the idea of of employing locally and growing a local community but then the reality is a business owner comes in and there are some tasks that are very repetitive that don't need you know you you could save costs that they're, they're just a repeat rinse repeat rinse that's where a va can really help a business because a you save costs on getting somebody to do that at a, at a lower price but then you and your local team can focus on what really matters to your business and higher valued um uh, roles i guess you could say um so that's sort of in a nutshell but then there's also um, having a VA helps you to um, systemize and process your business. And, and, you know, we look at McDonald's, it's all just system and process. Right. So right. every business, when you, once you get virtual staff, it's like, I really need to, you need, it tightens up your, your processes. You get things done faster. And I actually do get business owners who come to me and say, I don't want to have to handle the day-to-day -day relationship of another staff member. <laughs> um, you know, the, there's that yeah, for sure. Yeah. So having a VA means you don't have to have all that small talk. And I mean, you can have a relationship. I'm not saying it needs to be cold, but yeah, it's just a little different. Um, and then for larger organizations, it literally comes down to, well, before COVID, rent space to have house all these people in an office. It's like, oh, I can have, I can outsource some of these jobs and not have to get a bigger office or for the solopreneurs where are they going to sit this person they can't have this person come to their house right, um, right. and work so yeah so there's quite a few um a lot i think advantages of, of getting a virtual assistant so what would you say the difference is between a remote employee and a virtual assistant because they're kind of the same, but they're kind of different. Yeah, and b before COVID, nobody worked remote, right? So, <laughs> so now you know everyone works remote. So the main difference there is, yes, it's a remote worker, but these guys are based in the Philippines, so that the cost to you as the business owner is less. Um, so that would probably be the main difference um, is you know between having a, a onshore remote worker as as opposed to an offshore virtual assistant. Awesome. Well, we have our first comment. Uh, D, what you and your business do for your clients and your VAs creates a better world for both parties. The yes. fact that you're doing this ethically is really cool, which I mean, that's like I say, that's the thing that was attractive to me about you in the very in the first place is just that you had a, a very high standard for how yeah. you do how you do well, business. We need to sleep at night, right? So right. we're all in business to help our customers. Um, and we all, we, you need to be able to sleep at night and go, I've done the right thing by my customers and I've done the right thing by my staff. Um, and there are a lot of cowboys out there who um, get you a virtual assistant, but they're, they're the equivalent to modern day slave drivers. And it's like, right. oh, as a business owner, as you said, you know, when you had people boasting about how cheap they could get a person, we're still talking about a human being here. Right. And so, yeah. And, and if that makes you feel yuck, like it does to me, then there's a better way to do it. Um, there's an ethical and responsible way to do it. And therefore you win as a business owner because yes, you're saving a cost on, on a resource, a team member, but then you know that person is being treated correctly um, in the Philippines where they work.
So what are what are the disadvantages yeah. of having a VA? Because yeah. I'm sure there's, I mean, you have to weigh the pros and cons. So I'm yeah. Just- so um, I had to have a think about this one. And the only disadvantages that come up is if you um, get a virtual assistant, not the wrong way, but just not the right way. Um, so there are, like I said, there are cowboys out there who will sign you up the cheapest person. So that means the person who's working for you may not have the right qualifications. So the recruitment side, they're just going for the cheapest. And no offence, but they might be getting people who've just walked off the, the production line at the Philippines version of McDonald's, which is sure. called Jollibee, you know, and and so yeah, of course they're going to be cheap as chips, but are they the best fit for what you need in your business? So um, so yeah, so there's that, and then when you don't do it correctly, there's a risk to your company's data security. So a lot of the VAs do admin tasks that have things to do with customer care customer your customer database um sometimes they can be actually helping you with payroll um uh what's another one um resourcing all of that and you need to make sure that they're in a secure environment so that there's no leaks you because otherwise you've got to face the music when your whole customer database gets copied and used for scamming so yeah so you've got to make sure that there's a robust system around that um so again that these are the disadvantages if it's not done correctly we've spoken about um the fact that you know there are modern day slave drivers out there um and what else um oh yeah and going disadvantage if you go to the cheapest person available you're not necessarily going to get what you need for your business so you as a business owner really need to think do i want a reactive person who just is processing, 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 which is going to obviously be quite cheap? Or do you want someone who's also proactive? So they come in with a little bit of experience and a little bit of knowledge and can actually add to your business through their ideas on how to help and grow. Uh, I like that. So, um, okay, so my last question on the um, VAs is, Hmm. So, and I don't know what the difference from here to the Philippines is, but what, how do you deal with the time differences? Are you giving them jobs that they don't need to communicate with you very much or how does that come? How does that work? You can do it either way. Most people in America um, or most of the tasks, actually, again, it really depends on what you need. If you need to be speaking to your VA, um, they will, it's their night shift. They will work the night shift to match okay. with you. They will work your holidays to so that you're both off on the same day, you know, that kind of thing. But a lot of our US clients also, um, if they're in the customer service, shopping, um, live chat, they'll actually have the VA cover the night shift for them. Oh, yeah, the that States. makes sense. Yeah, so if you're getting customer, if your business is is 24-7, you can receive customer inquiries, you can have someone there who answers the little chat box that comes up if people, yeah, so they will work to whatever you you need, that shift that you need them to work. Awesome. So I do know, because we chatted about it at the very beginning, before we went live, that you are expanding your services a little bit more into the US. Yes. So that's very exciting. Correct, correct. So we will obviously announce it officially on LinkedIn. Oh, we've let the cat out of the bag. But we have um, put together a joint venture with uh, an amazing man um, based in, in New York, and he will be helping us just to expand our reach into the US so that we can still offer our services. But he's coming in there with an American flair, which we need because 
even though it's it's um, we speak the same language, there are some culture differences when it comes so. to communicating with business owners. So I've had a crash course and I find it fascinating um, <laughs> that just a little slight tweak in the language that we use when we're writing, not you know, make sure that it's not taken out of context. So yeah, interesting. But yes, that's, we will be announcing that on LinkedIn. So that's fun. Okay. So we're going to switch gears for a minute. Yeah. And another pot you have your hands in <laughs> is valuable business conversations. Yes. So what is a valuable business conversation and what do you do with that? Yeah, so this is a little um, uh, collaboration I did with a lovely lady in Melbourne, Australia called Sandy Colombo. And we both had our own businesses. I can't remember how we met because it's been seven years. Um, but we individually were having conversations with business owners, me in particular, because I was attracting business owners that needed to grow and were looking at outsourcing as a strategy. She is a business executive leadership coach. And we were sharing the same stories and going, wow, this this business needs to speak to this business and they're learning and we want to, we just, as a business owner, you, you get siloed and sometimes you get siloed in an industry. So, Nancy, you're in the insurance industry. Right. You might only ever speak to business owners that are in the insurance industry. I obviously talk to quite a diverse range, yet the learnings that both need to have are the same. They're not industry specific so we thought these are really valuable business conversations that we need to share and and bring together and share and so that's how it was formed so it is a little bit of a uh i don't know if you guys call it a side hustle that's growing um but we're bringing a community of business owners together to share what they know um, and grow together so that they're not so siloed i guess is how that's a great way of putting it i i had the um the honor of participating in your your virtual summit last year. And I found, I mean, people that did things that were very, very different than yes. me, I found it to be incredibly interesting and beneficial. So that is um, awesome. So, okay, so we're just got one last question on valuable business conversations. So what are your hopes and dreams for this organization? What do you, yeah. what do you hope, what do you see for it? Yeah, so it was actually born before COVID. Um, so we had planned to do a lot of, face-to-face -face workshops where we bring business owners in, not industry related. So yeah, Nancy, you and you participated in the virtual summit last year so that you, um, we'd bring them all together. We would have guest speakers who were experts in their field that had relevance to all business owners. Right. All business owners need to know about social media, you know, and you can break that down into Insta, Facebook, et cetera. All um, business owners need to know maybe how to recruit better. So we had face-to-face um, -face workshops, Pam, we were literally meant to be in the States in March last year. Um, and we wanted to bring those people together and start those kind of workshops. We will be having our first face-to-face -face in Australia later this year, fingers crossed. <laughs> um, and one day we will get to the States. But at the moment we're doing everything virtually. We're bringing in guest speakers who are um, experts in their field that have a valuable business conversation that can, that can be um, useful for business owners, regardless of what industry they're in. That's really cool. I mean, I could talk to you about virtual assistance, about this forever and ever, but I'm trying to rein myself in because one <laughs> of the things that I did want to, one of the main reasons we were going to do this in the first place is I want to talk to you about what it's like as a 
consumer, patient, whatever we want. What is your healthcare experience like in Australia? Because clearly it's very different from the United States. Yes, it is. And and I think, I can't remember when you and I started talking, but it was um, obviously must have been because of COVID. Um, and I mean, we were talking before that. The We've sat back as Australians and sort of watched America, especially at the beginning last year, and we've just just it's been a little bit horrifying and quite sad actually for us to think oh my gosh what are you guys going through and then we came I came to the conclusion that actually when uh, citizens of a nation feel cared for they are not so angry they're not so disillusioned about any you know a lot of things um, and I had a look at our system I went yeah here in Australia, regardless of where you are and how much money you earn, you can walk into any public hospital and they're good public hospitals and be served and be have your health care taken care of. And I think as a as a human being, that gives you a sense of, you know, somebody actually cares for me. At some level, I'm cared for. Whereas I from the impression we get from the States, yeah, if you don't have the right money the enough money you might not get the care that you should get so to speak and i'm not talking here about big surgeries um you know you've just gotten cancer that kind of thing i'm just even talking about the small things um and i think whenever you and i were talking about hey let's catch up on linkedin yep. live i think i'd just been into the hospital with my five-year-old who um has really bad asthma now i live 10 minutes from um one of australia's best private hospitals um it has uh, sorry public public hospitals because it has a private one attached but it's one of the best australia's best public hospitals um and it has a, the best children's er it has the best women's um hospital which is where you go and have babies and that's 10 minutes from me and i know and i was there two weeks ago on on um sunday 26th of april again at 5 a.m with my five-year-old now i don't need i don't have to worry about paying it for any of that it just will happen with what we call medicare um uh i think five years ago a short story i went out to my my, uh, my aunt's sheep station i think you guys call them ranches stepped on a snake yep yep stepped on a snake with no shoes on just oh should have been wearing boots it's snake territory but anyway i needed to be um ambulance um meet the ambulance because you know it's 20 minutes on a dirt track just to get to a letterbox let alone a clinic and then i was airlifted out to a the biggest next biggest that didn't cost me anything that's just a free service so there's the extreme that i can know that i'm being backed up and i don't have to worry about this massive credit card bill you know to pay for my health care and then my children anytime i need to take them in i can just take them in um i don't know how the public health system in the states is funded here in australia two percent of our taxable income goes to medicare so everybody pretty much pays two percent towards um public health care and it's it's pretty damn good you know so it's only two percent two percent yes hmm. no I, I, one thing that you mentioned uh, that i didn't know before is you said 
public and private hospitals. Yes. So tell me about that. Yeah. So um, not we don't have private hospitals everywhere. Um, so you, if you pay for medical insurance in Australia, you can be you can choose to be served in the private hospital. Um, when I had my babies, like I said, they've got a private and public right next door to each other. I, I had a choice. I went and actually, I like to keep an open mind balance. Um, so I went and had a tour of the public hospital and I liked it so much. They had really good values and obviously a lot of people, um, it, was, it was an excellent hospital. And I chose to go public, even though I could have done private. And I very distinctly remembering in the tour and, and there was a big door against this one wall and they said, oh, that's the corridor into the private hospital. If you go private and anything happens to you, you'll end up being here in the facilities of the public hospital anyway. So I remember thinking, okay, why would I out, you know, have an outlay to have a baby when if, if I need it, I'm going to end up here anyway. So I ended up going into the public system and, you know, it's the best public, women's public hospital in Australia. So there was no problems there. But if you have this private medical insurance, it's good for, uh, the extras, we call it the extras. So the physio, the chiropractic, the dental, the optical, it's good for that because it goes toward, you know, you might only have to pay for half of it. Um, and then, yeah, if something significant happens, then you can go into private. Oh, someone's asked a question. <laughs> Says, uh, which do you like better? And I think you kind of said that that's a little bit of both um, for yeah. your particular situation. Yeah. So, um I like in my, where I live, the public system is amazing. Um, but I know I've lived in other areas of Australia where there was a public and a private, and I would choose to go public in those places. So it really just depends on knowing what kind of hospital is where you're at. And I just happen to be really lucky. So um, a, a, another kind of follow-up question, because I, I just didn't really know anything about the Australian healthcare system. You keep bringing up hospitals. So are there like independent doctor's offices or that everything attached to hospitals? Uh, no, there are what we call GPs. Yep, that's free. Okay. You can go, yep, you can rock into any GP with a, with a Medicare card and they are free. There are private ones that you can pay a small fee for um, and it's subsidized by this Medicare. So yeah, you again have a choice. Because one of the things that we run into a lot in the United States, um, especially if we're looking to do things to help control costs, is we get a lot of pushback about, well, what about my doctor? What about if my doctor isn't in that network? I mean, they have this really strong attachment. Well, I have to be able to see that doctor. Do you have the option to see that doctor? Or is it a little bit more like you need the care? So why don't you just go where you're going to get it? Yes. Again, there's a choice. So I go to a GP clinic and there's, you know, half a dozen doctors in there. I have my preferred that I like to go and see, but, you know, she only works, <laughs> she's not a 24-7, so I need to book in with her. However, if I'm pretty, you know, need to see help, they'll be like, oh, you know, she's not available, but this other doctor is, I'll be like, yeah, just sign me up. I don't mind. So you can be quite specific and say, I want to see a specific doctor or you don't have to. It's the choice is yours. So um, what percentage do you think, I mean, you may not even know this, but I'm just curious, hmm. what percentage um, of people do you think carry private insurance on top of your Medicare? 
really good question and I wish I had have researched it. It has actually been decreasing um, in Australia and I will just say that I actually stopped paying last year. So I, I, I forgot to see how, what the percentage is, but I would say more people have Medicare and less have private health insurance because our public system is so good. Um, and I stopped um, uh, paying for it because I wasn't going to my Cairo as often. I wasn't, you know, all those. Right, right. It was amazing. I mean, my Cairo co only cost $38 anyway per session. This is US, US dollars. Um, and so oh, I was going to him nearly every two weeks when I, when I had really bad sciatic nerve. And so having my private health covered, you know, half of those costs, now I don't go. So I'm like, oh, why do I pay? Um, so in the US, an individual to have private health insurance per month, it's $360. For a family, it's um, on average $890. So if you are using a lot of these, you know, dental, optical, chiro, physio things, it, it could actually be quite beneficial because you are half of those costs. But, you know, at $38, I have to go quite a lot to, to, yeah, <laughs> to get right. value out of my $360. Um, so, so, yeah, so it's not as expensive, I don't think, as it is for the states. But, yeah, more people are on the public system. And the government in Australia is trying to get people into the private system so they do give rebates so there are they are they do encourage people but yeah most people like like me I live in Sydney best hospital here 10 minutes down the road I don't need you know right, I'm, right. I'll probably pay for it again when I get a little older when I need a few more of those extra services but right now touch wood <laughs> my family and I were really healthy and yeah so it doesn't really make a difference for us that's just so fascinating. I love um, talking to people about what their experience is like in, in different in different countries because we get so wrapped up in what it's like for us. Yes. We, I think we lose perspective sometimes. So, and, um, and you need that perspective. And I know that the states, you know, um, without getting political and all, only the small things that I, you know, there was Obamacare and things like that. I have no idea what percentage of how that was going to be funded was it coming out of income tax like it is here but yeah we're talking two percent our population is a lot smaller than right. the states i think we're at 23 maybe 25 million people you guys are like a hundred million i think I'm not or more sure what you, yeah. Well, yeah it's yeah. a lot it's a lot so it might not necessarily have to be two percent for you guys if you if you think about okay how do we fund this now also the this medicare system in australia it only came in in 1975 so that's not that long ago. No, it's really um, not. Yeah, yeah. And it's, yeah, 2%. So I don't feel it um, coming out of my hip pocket, so to speak. But what I do see is in Australia, everybody can get access to medicals. So we've got people that feel cared for. They can access a GP, a, a doctor, a general practitioner. Right. Yeah. So we have um, a, a, a community of people that just feel cared for by their government, which is really weird. I know. <laughs> no, I think that's I think that's amazing. I'm sure that a lot of people would 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 absolutely be thrilled to have that feeling in in the U.S., especially over these last couple of years. Mm. All right, so we are going to lighten things up and we are yes. going to talk chickens. <laughs> My chickens. So one of the things, let's see, I remember, um, I remember a LinkedIn post you did. I think you were sitting on the top of the chicken coop on top yeah. of your, I, I don't remember. You're, you just always made me laugh. But anyway, I want to know 
how many chickens you have, and have you learned any lessons from the chickens that you can apply to your life or business? Yes. So we used to have 12. We have 11. So my LinkedIn profile needs to um, <laughs> update. One of them died, you know, but that happens. Um, so what have I learned? I've learned from my chickens. If you treat chickens correctly, they will give you eggs. And it's just an unlimited supply every day coming through. Um, they'll be happy and they'll work for you if you consider laying eggs working, but really they do it anyway. Um, they need a little bit of guidance and they... <laughs> And then they go and do their own thing. So when you first get little baby chickens, you need to teach them to go home at night. Um, you need to teach them to roost. But after that, they're good. They just go and do their chicken thing, right? Um, you, I've still got to check in with them. You know, you still got to go and say, hey, how so are you? So it's kind of like chickens? employees. Exactly. Absolutely. And you still need to give them guidelines. So I need to put a fence up to stop them from coming up to my back door and hanging out and doing chicken poos so it's you've got to give guidelines and in, in chicken world that means offense <laughs> so so yeah so I think they've um taught me a lot about yeah how to treat something else you know a chicken a person and it's just about respect and going you need to do your thing I need to give you what you need to do your thing and you'll be happy to do it I, I love that I, I one of the things I've learned over this last year is about it's about storytelling along with whatever your brand is. And one of the things has been around like how almost every experience in your life, if you actually look at it, there's something you can take out of it and it's something yeah. you can apply. And so I always think it's fun to look at like, what did you learn from the chickens? Because for sure there's something you learn from the chickens. Yep. I go out there just to take a chillax and go, I'm just yeah. going to go, you know, away from my desk. <clears throat> and I remember during COVID at the beginning when all the kids in Australia and it happened in the state had to come home and I had kids at home running my own business. I went out there and it started to rain. So I'm standing on the chicken and my kids yelling from the back veranda, mom, what are you doing? <laughs> doing out there. You've been, you know, obviously I've been missing long enough for them to go, where the hell is mom? <clears throat> And I've yelled back, and I'm, I'm sure the neighbours must have been cracking up, laughing. I'm taking a break. And they're like, what from? And I'm like, you. <laughs> I love it. And they're like, it. okay. And then they off they toddle. But, yeah, they just needed to know where I was and why I was standing in the chicken coop for an extended period of time. It's like, I just need... Just need a little me time. Oh, that's awesome. Okay, so we have made it all the way to my five burning questions, which yes. I change them up a little bit, but they're, they stay close to fairly similar structure. My first question is always the same, and I know you're a good cook, so um, I'm really excited to hear what you have to say, but it's what is your absolute favorite food in the world, and can you cook it? Yeah, <clears throat> really simple, mud crabs. I don't know if you guys have mud crabs because I is that like it a wrote, is that like a crawdad? It's a no, it's a gigantic um, crustacean. It's a gigantic crab, but they come this big um, and they live in the mud. So they live in mangroves and things like that. So I think if you Google it, they're just in our part of the world. So there's a famous dish called Singapore chili, Singapore mud crab. Maybe you might have heard of. So yeah, mud crab. But I don't even go with the spices. I just like it plain, boiled in water and lemonade and eaten very. Asian style with rice. <laughs> okay, so I'm going to ask you. So you said lemonade, like lemons yes. are actual <clears throat> lemonade. 
Yeah, the soft drink. Yes, yes. Oh it sweetens the water, apparently. That sounds only interesting. That well, yeah, but their claws are like as big as my hand, you know what I mean? So they're yeah. gigantic. Yeah. So where I live, um, we have um, our local crabs are called Dungeness crabs, and they're amazing. It's actually one of my very favorites. Um, they're very sweet. They're just delicious, but they're like that big. So, yeah. you know, they're not like that big. Yeah. <laughs> These things but, are big, so you could just have a claw and be happy and you're not having to dig around so much because yeah. the claws are best, right? Yeah, yeah that, the Dungeness are kind of medium-sized crabs, I guess, but I love them. They're so good. It's oh, one of my favorite oh, things in the world. just good. Yeah, mm, yeah. Yeah. And I'll eat crab any way you give it to me. Crab cake, crab salad, <laughs> crab out of the shell. I'm I don't care. There. <laughs> I love it. I love it. And I don't okay. want to share. <laughs> no, me either. Little Maybe a little butter dipping sauce is always good to go with. <laughs> Um, okay, so what is the one character trait you admire most in people and why? Yeah, so I, I really had to narrow this down and I literally only came up, I came up with two, I hope that's okay. That's honesty, okay. honesty and courage. I love that. Yeah. I, because I think it takes courage to be honest. Yeah. So they kind of, they kind of go stuck. hand, they kind of yeah. go hand in hand. Yes. So, Okay, so now that you identified what you admire most in other people, what's the one character trait that you possess that you're most proud of? Probably honesty. <laughs> it gets me in trouble, though, because um, I like to keep things real, real when it comes to parenting, real in business. And I think um, a lot of people, you know, they don't. Um, they're trying to, you know, I don't know what it is, but I just, I like it. I like being honest with people, like I said, when it, even if it gets me into trouble. So I won't accept all clients. <clears throat> I will suss them out and then just go, you know what? I don't think we're a fit for whatever reason. And so when I say it gets me into trouble, you know, some people might say, oh my gosh, you're turning away a client. And I'm like, yeah, but I'm being honest. This is not going to be a good relationship going forward. So right. yeah, so I think honesty and, and some people also don't want to hear it um but they need to hear it so yeah so honesty is one of my you know I've got to be honest I need to sleep at night but also giving that feedback I love it it's mm. wonderful okay so if you could magically get everyone to do one thing to be happier because I think that happiness is in short supply these days what would it yeah. be yeah. So at first I was like, go around and hug everybody, but that's yeah. not happening. Um, so I actually, if I could give everybody something, it would be that sense of balance. Um, I was thinking perspective, all that, but I actually think it's about balance. The world would be a better place if we, and everyone would be a lot happier if we could take a deep breath and just be a little bit more balanced in how we approached everything. There's and I'm not, yeah, yeah, I could go on about this, but there's there's always two sides to the story. There's always two perspectives. But to move forward, you've got to find that middle ground, that balance. And I think if everybody could just come together and find that balance and find what is good about both, both sides, I think everybody would be a lot happier. I couldn't agree more. <laughs> I'm not going to even, because uh, we could keep going. So I'm going to move on. <laughs> Uh, okay, so what is your secret talent or something people would be surprised to learn about you? Yeah, so I had to think about this one, but I actually think um, it is that I could change a flat tire and change the oil in a car if I had to. Well, that <laughs> and is, I've known this since I was about 11 years old. <laughs> that is a very good talent to have. Um, 
I think that my new talent is going to be, I'm going to start calling ranches sheep stations. I just think <laughs> Sheep station, that. cattle stations. They're just a station. And it's like, what's a station? It's like, oh, it's like a ranch. So, yes. No, I've actually read enough books that, that are written in different parts of the country or the world. So I actually actually knew what you meant. But it just that, mm. that word um, just makes me smile. Sheep station. That, so yeah. you guys don't call them stations, though, do you? You're, no. you're just ranches. It would or be farms. a ranch or a farm. So yeah. one of the two. So a farm is smaller in Australia than a ranch. That would be the same in the States, I'm assuming, or not necessarily? Well, generally farm is more agriculture and ranches oh, are, are, are yeah. livestock. So that's, that's generally the difference that, that we, we tend to see. Yeah. Um, okay, my last question. Who is the one person that you've connected with on LinkedIn that you would most like to meet in person? Or if it's not that, maybe a podcast host that you would love to sit down and share some mud crabs with yes so i didn't want to sound like i was you know being too something here but actually you we need to oh, meet in I person you are so going to meet before covid <laughs> i know exactly right so there's actually i've got a few there's you there's rain kasman brian sexton so there was this group of little americans that we all just met just the year before COVID happened and it's like, but yeah, you, because we need to cook together. We, we need do. to get in the kitchen and 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 cook. And we're going to film it too. Yes, yes. And we may start a whole new. Yeah. <laughs> I will have a big glass that. of wine in our hands. Yes. <laughs> so uh, Christian says, tires, oil changes, and chickens. I mean, you are, you are just, you can do it all. Okay. So, um, so I don't, yeah. My mom. So Judy happens to be my mom, just FYI. So you have Hi, a Judy. Yeah, she's amazing. <laughs> so, um, um, okay. So I want to leave, I want to close with how people can get in touch with you if they're interested in um, your VA services, hmm. you know, and they want to learn more, what would be the best way for them to get a hold of you? Um, jump on LinkedIn, find D-Mills with the chickens. Um, <laughs> I don't think there's a lot of D-Mills on LinkedIn. That would probably be the best way to reach out to me. Um, and then, yeah, I'm happy to just to have a, a chat about, okay, where are you at in business? What, what do you need to have in place for VA? Because you might not yet be ready. So yep. if you're at that beginning journey, absolutely happy to have a chat. And then, and I have a lot of people who come to me for that initial kind of conversation and, and then six months, 12 months down the track, they come back to me. So it's like a no pressure. I'm not going to be putting you into a sales pipeline going, how are you going? You want to be a, do you want to be a, yeah. it's like, let's have that scope conversation, see where you're at. You might be ready. You might like, yep, we're on it. Or you might like go, okay, I do need to get a few systems and processes in place and come back to me at a later date. That's absolutely okay. Okay, and um, does Unstoppable Teams have a website? Uh, yes, but I don't think it's up yet. <laughs> okay, all right. So, so connect with Dee. She is linked in the um, she is linked in the description of this podcast. If for some reason you can't find her, um, reach out to me directly, and um, I will put you in touch with her. And my mom apparently is really enjoying this show because she said, you two girls are amazing. So when I come to the States, we will be cooking and we yeah. will be filming. Yeah, yes, we'll do we a whole series. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> so thank you so much, Dee. This was just, oh, it was just such, so, so, just touched my heart to be able to spend some time with you. Yeah, and you. I hope that everyone else enjoyed it. So thank you, everyone. And um, we'll see you next week. Yes. Thank you, everybody.